0: Ready to make a difference in the lives of fathers and their families? The Show Up Dad podcast empowers the next generation of dads to lead with confidence and love. Your support and our amazing partners help us to create lasting impact. Consider donating 50 100 or 250 to provide a dad with essential resources. And speaking of incredible partners, let us introduce you to Tallman Equipment. Since 1952, Tallman Equipment has been standing taller than the rest of competition in Lyman tools. They provide top quality equipment and solutions for linemen, ensuring safety and efficiency on the job. If you're in need of reliable and durable tools, look no further than Tallman Equipment. Also, don't forget to check out our online shop at theshowupshop.myshopify.com for high quality products that support our cause. From t-shirts and hoodies, stickers, and even children's clothes, we have something for everyone. Not only will we be showing your support for our cause, but you'll also be getting a high quality product that you'll love. To learn more about what we do, visit the showupdadfoundation.org. You can also find Lyman tools at tallmanequipment.com. Thank you for your generosity and let’s empower dads and build stronger families. Beyond his professional achievements, Matt has also found tremendous success in his personal life. He has been happily married to his beautiful wife, Jamie, for almost 21 years, and together they are the proud parents of three wonderful children. Their two boys who are older and their youngest daughter complete their loving and vibrant family. Join us as we delve into Matt's experiences as both a devoted father and a seasoned professional in the trade industry. Get ready to be inspired by his insights, wisdom, and the lessons he has learned along the way. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into an exciting conversation on the Show Up Dad podcast. Welcome to our show, man. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Stoked. Well, I saw the interesting stuff you post on Instagram, and that's how we kind of met, you know, and um, I was just fascinated with you and how you do your career, how you love your family it was actually inspiring. And that's why I asked you to come on to our show to bring hope to those who are listening. But uh, let's go ahead and get into this, brother. Let's uh, have you tell us a little about your journey in the trade. How did you start as a meter reader and progress to uh, becoming a troubleman?
1: Wow. So long time ago, Edison used to have meter readers. Mm-hmm. Um, took me a while to get in. I couldn't clean up a driving record. But um, I did get in, uh, started reading meters uh, here in my hometown. Uh, did that for several months, found it, even though I was driving around, I found it really boring because looking at a, uh, looking at the dials on a meter, it doesn't matter where you're at. That meter always looks the same. Um, uh, you know, so I've got a, I've got a twin brother who was already in the, in the trade, uh, starting out groundman apprentice. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be cool. I'd be able to work with my hands, but also use my brain, um, so, groundman bid opened up. I jumped on it. Uh, went to uh, a different location as a groundman, um, and I actually was a groundman there. Timing hit just right. I was only there about seven months as a groundman. Wow. Uh, then did an apprenticeship there. Uh, became a journeyman. Worked with a really good group of guys. A lot of a lot of guys that were. Uh, very proud of the trade. Very proud craftsman. Um, yeah, and became a journeyman under that, and and always wanted to learn more. Always wanted to be the the best I could be. Um, few years there as a journeyman. I don't I don't even remember exactly how many three to five years as a journeyman, and then uh, um, took over, started running a crew. Uh, mm-hmm. Thought my ideas were were good enough to do that. Sometimes that proved out. Sometimes it didn't. Uh, but had a solid group of guys I worked with so we all we all carried each other um and after a while I decided I wanted to try my hand at being a troubleman start digging into the problems and more of the why why things work the way they work why they're broken how we can fix them um and another good group of guys uh another good group of guys there and different aspect to the trade in that I, I'm much more much more involved with customers now, you know, doing trouble tickets and stuff Um, satisfying in a different way. You know, I don't, I don't get to build lines as much anymore, but um, at the end of the day, I can look at the, look at the things that I've uh, either fixed or figured out and, and be satisfied in it.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I was a a troubleman as well at a major utility. And um, there is a satisfaction like you're talking about. Um, I remember doing a victory lap. You know after we got on the lights or got a block up or you know what I mean, we had to cut open jumpers and you know or even just pull the beater so the firemen could do their job, you know, yep, a lot of yep. satisfaction I mean, to that
1: and yeah. it's it's a community service they're paying me for it, and they're paying me pretty good for it. Mm-hmm. but um now I get to do it in my hometown. you know, I was away for fifteen years and uh working in somebody else's town and there's a lot of satisfaction in that but being able to help friends and family and you know i've lived in the same place mostly my whole life Mm -hmm. so to be able to be around you know my community doing it, it yeah like you said take a victory lap you know you do the best you can and and when you can't get it all you can't get it all but we cut off the leg to save the body sometimes but man there's satisfaction in seeing the lights turn back on and You know, it's your friend you went to high school with and his wife and their little, little ones. And, you know, you got their heater working for the, you know, for the night. Mm -hmm. There's, there's something about that.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, I always tell my apprentices, I'm an instructor at Cal Nevada. And, uh, I always tell the apprentices that are coming up, man, the best job you could possibly have
1: is being a troubleman. You know, I, I, yeah, um. Troubleman for one reason, lineman for another, you know, there's probably not as much stress just being a lineman. Um, But troublemen, I, man, it's up to me. And when I need help, I call for help, but it's up to me. Um, You know, I'm out there, I'm figuring it out. I'm trying to give the crew good information when I need them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm trying to give the customer a a good taste in their mouth about edit, you know, about Edison being Mm -hmm. the power company and, I do the best I can to, to represent that well with, with honesty, with integrity, you know, with knowledge, being skilled at my job, all that stuff that, that we talk about, you know, going back to brand new as a union hand. I, I give them the best product I can give them and I can be proud of that.
2: Mm, mm,
0: man. I, I, I love that you said that because there is a level of a uh, professionalism and you gotta be proud, you know, um, there's a big thing that we know across the nation as linemen. Right. And it's take, you know, be proud of your work and square your washers. Right. We say that consistently taking pride in our work. Right. And yep. I think, I think that's something that us as seasoned journeymen, we really need a push to these, uh to these up and coming journeymen that are coming up in the trade, you
1: know? And, Absolutely, I mean, and and I square your washers. I love that for craftsmanship,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I take craftsmanship not just in the trade, right? Mm-hmm. Craftsmanship is uh, the desire to do the best you can every time you go out, and that's not just Monday through Friday, seven to three thirty. That's not just while I'm on the clock. Am I a craftsman as a dad? Am I a craftsman as a husband? am I giving it everything so that I know that whatever that situation is, when I've walked away from it, I've done the level best that I could and I've given it all the effort necessary to do that. Mm. You know, um, I, I'm lucky I'm, I'm kind of rural. So I get to have uh, a lineman ride along or an apprentice ride along, um, sometimes more frequently than I did when I was in a busier area. Yeah. Uh, and recently it's been, it's been younger apprentices and we're talking about, we're talking about craftsmanship as it relates to working in the field. Cause I'm going to yell at you if I have to come back behind you and this is a mess, mm-hmm. but also getting into dude, why would you not be a craftsman? You know, take that, take that same attitude home,
2: mm-hmm.
1: be the best dad, be the best husband, bend over backwards for these people. They deserve it more than your company does. Mm. um i don't know that that rings true to me that's something that however many years ago that clicked it was like if i can walk away from building that pole and be proud of it and i drive my family past that pole you know you've played the game look yeah. i built that one as you're going by uh why can't i do the same thing and be proud of the effort be proud of what i'm doing at home
0: yeah be you proud know? of the children you've raised right
1: exactly Mm. you know um and am i giving my kids my all am i giving my wife my all um sometimes that's not enough but am Mm. i am i putting forth a level of effort that shows that that craftsmanship you know that care right Mm. because to be a craftsman you got to care about what you're doing
0: i like that you said that it, it, it transpires onto everything, right? There's a saying that's real popular right now. How you do anything is how you do everything. And I find that absolutely true. It's the little things. You know, if you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with more.
1: Yep. You know? Absolutely. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that does, that translates out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, I don't know, Um, for a while there, Come home, you know, doing an apprenticeship and just absolutely mentally exhausted at the end of the day. And I've got uh, I, when I started my apprenticeship, I had one who was uh, like six months old. Mm-hmm. and by the time I was done, I had I had two um, and they were you know three and under, um come home just mentally exhausted, not ready to put in effort. Um, and at some point during that, I just had to set that aside and be willing to put myself out there, even though I was tired, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's really easy to be, to be selfish. I don't know. That's in my worldview, selfishness is our base default and we have to, we have to choose not to be.
0: It's crazy that you say that. Cause I look at it selfish as well. Right. But I also look at it as, you know, in, in, in a, a craft, like we have, we're, we're not lazy. By no means, Right. Right. Um, but we tend to get lazy with our families. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. And it's like, let's, let's take that same professionalism. Let's take that same tenacity that I can do attitude, watch me, you know, and let's implement that into our families as well. And it's hard. It is, it truly is, especially when you work 24 straight, you know, or whatever, you know, but if we can carry that on, Man, well,
1: oh, and, and there's there's no excuse at work, but the excuse at home is that nobody's looking, mm. you know. But really, everybody's looking, mm-hmm. you know. Your kids are seeing the level of effort you put in, and that's how they're going to be. Whether it's how, you know, uh, mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, mm-hmm. your wife is seeing the the effort that you put in, um, and you're you're showing rather than telling about priorities. Mm -hmm. so yeah um and love my wife she's great she lets me get the sleep i need when i need it Mm -hmm. um but i have to i definitely have to check myself and be like okay it's time to go be go be present go be involved you Mm -hmm. know get out of bed and go hang out with the kids when they get home from school or whatever um Mm -hmm. because yeah it's it's really easy to man, I, I did all of this. I did so good at work. And then I shut it off at home. And yeah. that's not, that's not the dad I want to be. That's not the husband I want to be. So.
0: Now I'm glad you said that. Cause there's so many of us that do that. I'm guilty of doing that myself, you know, in the past. Um, now that we're talking about some challenges, what are some of the most memorable challenges that you faced through your 19 year career in this industry? And how did you overcome them, Matt, if you don't mind?
1: Um, so obviously the hours are a thing and you, you just kind of suck it up and and get by a little bit of energy drink, whatever. Um that's that's kind of a generic answer. Uh but during my apprenticeship, I had I had a foreman who absolutely did not like me. Um mm-hmm. uh, wanted to bust me out. Um and I had a couple of couple of guys in the yard come alongside and encourage me and tell me, hey, look, dude, that's just him, whatever. But it's still that weight on me. Yeah. Um, the way, honestly, the way I got through it was I, I had told myself when, when my son was born, my oldest, um, when he was born and I got to hold him in my arms, um, I, I looked at him and I said, whatever it takes. Hmm. And shortly thereafter, I, I got my apprenticeship, uh, started in signed in, you know, and now I'm a indentured apprentice. Uh, Any a year and a half or so later, you know, kind of butting heads with this guy. And I bent over backwards to do everything the way he wanted me to do it, to, uh, you know, to do the rigging the way he wanted to, whatever it was, it didn't matter. I wanted to do it the way he wanted me to do it. wanted to show him that that I could learn. Uh, But at the end of the day, I'd come home and I'd look at my son and I'd say, there's no quit. You fire me, you can kill me. But I'm not quit. Mm -hmm. um so it was i part of it was i believed i didn't have another option because i didn't give myself one but part of it was just i i am willing to bend over backwards you know um whether he likes me or not whether this dude thinks i'm a decent hand or not whether he thinks i'm a you know piece of crap human being or not that's irrelevant Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do everything i can to show him that i can learn it his way but what it comes down to at the end of the day is i am I'm going to work every day as, as though I'm working for the Lord. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm, that's it. I'm going to give everything I got and I'm going to be able to walk away at the end of the day going, you know what? I did everything in my power to make this right, uh, to learn more, to be better. And if you want me out, that's fine, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to fire me or kill me because I'm not quitting.
0: Mm man and that's the tenacity that we need in life you know life is definitely not easy i like that you said that you didn't have a backup plan um i think a lot of times like some of the apprentices that we get coming in now the new ones they have a plan b and i ask them cuz in the mornings before they start their climbing class or whatever i ask them their background and stuff like that and what made them want to get into the trade And the ones that have a plan B, like if I don't make it here, I'm just going to go back to selling cars or whatever it may have been, right? Um, Those usually are the ones that quit because in their head, they have already quit. And I take that same tenacity because I try to utilize what we do within our industry because it's transferable back to the home life. That's the same mentality we need to have for our marriages as well. You can't have a plan B, bro. You can't have one foot in the marriage, one foot out the marriage.
1: It ain't yeah, going to work. It, it destroys it. Even if nothing else did. Mm-hmm. So that, that same attitude, you know, that there is no quit, you know, she's going to have to fire me or kill me. Cause I'm not leaving. Mm. Um, and, and both of us feel the same way. Uh, and we're seriously blessed in that, but, um, but even, even for the guys that have already topped out, even for, um, you know, even for the guys that may be just looking to advance in their career, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, journeyman lineman ticket will take you anywhere. So that alleviates a lot of worry in our lives. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got the yellow card in my back pocket and it'll take me anywhere, in, anywhere in these States and maybe anywhere in the world. Um, so if it all falls apart here, I can go somewhere else. Um, all that does is take the stress away from not being able to provide for my family, because I'll be able to. Yeah. Um, but that same tenacity, um, man, learning the new aspects of of how to run a crew and, and how how should I react and respond? How do I take care of my people running a crew? How do I make sure we're all safe? How do I make sure that, you know, I'm building a cohesive team? Same thing as a troubleman. How do I learn how to shoot trouble? Um, Mm -hmm. how do I, how do I behave? How do I respond? What questions do I ask? You know, what's my thought process? There's no quit. You're going to have to throw me out. I'm going to figure it out. And, um, not, I'm going to suck until you throw me out, but I'm going to get better every single day, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, it was told to me when I was brand new, you learn something every day. You yeah. should. The, the day you stop learning is the day you ought to get out of the trade because everybody can show you something. Sometimes I've been the guy that shows you the way not to do it. We all have. Yeah. Um, but we ought to be learning and getting better every day, and that applies the same at home. I should be learning my wife and learning my kids better every day too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not the same people they were. When I started the trade, obviously, my kids weren't even here when I started. Um, Yeah. You know, now I've got one that just turned 18. I've got a 15 and a a 13-year-old. They're drastically different. And my wife isn't the same person I married, and I'm not the same person she married. So do I spend the time learning her and her needs and um, how I can support her? She supports me all the time. Uh, I couldn't do it without her. Let's not, let's not even joke about that. If if I didn't have Jamie holding me down, none of this is possible. Yeah. Um, but how do I, how do I learn how to better support her? How can I give her what she needs? Because she's pouring herself out all day, every day. She's a really good example to me of how it, how it looks to be selfless. Yeah. You know, and and that's a big part of of getting out of the way in the trade and at home. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about me. It's, it's about us as a team, and as the as the leader, right? As the husband, as the father, as the leader, man. I'm, I really hope to be that servant leader, and I fall flat on my face on that one all the time. But I that's what I strive for.
2: Yeah. You
1: know. So how can I pour into my wife, and how can I pour into my kids to bring them? alongside or past me
0: how now that we're talking about your kids matt and i love what you said man being that servant leader how do you manage to balance your professional life with the responsibilities at home is there strategies or tips Uh, you can share with our audience
1: so let's be honest over 19 years uh sometimes it's been really terrible and it's all work yeah um Sometimes very rarely it's been all home um, and everything else. is kind of a pendulum that goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, every moment that I, I say every moment I strive for every moment that I have, I want to be present and I want to be, you know, a part of it. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I do, but um, I've, I've gotten to the point now I'm seasoned enough that, you know, if I'm not on call, Uh, if it's not my, my duty cycle, um, I'll come in and help if I don't have something going on. okay, Right. That's, that's what I've set up for me. Uh, For a while there, it was, if it's not my duty cycle, I'm not coming in. You're not, you're not going to get me because for those, um, you know, for those days that I was on, I was on and it was 24 on eight off 24 on eight off 24 on eight off. And you can pull that off, but you can't pull that off and be a husband and a father at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, well, I've given you my days this week. My family gets the rest. Um, it's a little slower where I'm at. Like I said, we're a little more rural, not quite as many calls. Yeah. Um, so if I'm not actively in the middle of something, um, you know, if I don't have prior obligations with the family, whatever those may be, I'll come in. Uh, I, I love serving in my community too. So so that's kind of a toss up, but really I just, I continuously ask myself how I'm doing right. We're, we're always feeling like we're not spending enough time at home. And if we're at home, we're feeling like we're not being productive. We're not making that paycheck. So that's a, that's a pendulum that everybody's going to have to ride. Yeah. Um, And you know, People do it different. I mean, guys that are away from the family for weeks at a time, you know, they're I'm, I'm hoping they're setting a goal and coming back and spending months at home, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but different things work for different people. And my goal was always that's why I went utility and not outside yeah. was that I wanted to be home every night um, and short of, you know, storms and a, a couple of times getting to go somewhere else to help out um pretty much i've stuck to i'm i'm home most every night uh sometimes i don't get home till after the kids get in bed and i get up before they're up in the morning and i'm gone um but i i do my level best to to be here soon after they get home from school and talk Mm -hmm. to them and interact And and they're old enough that um they don't come running out screaming at the truck going daddy daddy i miss that that was cool um but we get to hang out we get to have conversation as much as we can we try to sit down and do a meal together um you know just time and and intention um take days off here and there and and my oldest boy got got into camping kind of overlanding but not quite yeah uh take days off here and there and i'll take one day off and we'll go out one night and we'll sleep in the back of his truck and come back the next day. We'll do a little bit of off-road and have some fun. And those are, those are things I'm never going to forget. They're special to me. Yeah. I think they're special to him too. Cause he keeps inviting me. Um, but yeah, honestly that I just keep asking myself, am I doing it right
2: mm-hmm.
1: over and over again? Uh, and if the answer is no, then I do my best to fix what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't think, that's the only way I've found yeah. to to do it is just to keep asking the question, you know?
0: Yeah. Have you ever asked your kids if you, if, if they, if they wanted changes or anything like that, or if you're doing it right or
1: anything or your, or your spouse or. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> my wife and I have had that conversation several uh-huh. times over the years. Um, and that's much more of a conversation um, uh, you know, her and I talking about what it looks like, what, what we're doing, um, more partnership. Um, and the, the kids are real good at understanding that, that dad's got a job to do, but, uh, I, you know, <clears throat> I'd get a call and daddy, please don't go. Hmm. Um, and that would be the reminder to ask the question over again. Am I doing this right? Hmm. you know um and when i'd get two or three of those you know getting cold all the time i'd get two or three of those in the same week be like all right it's time to back off yeah like whatever that looks like i i still have obligations i still yeah you know still gotta still gotta pay for the house and the car and food and electricity and all that stuff yeah. uh, but okay you know where can i back it off to You know, how far back can I go and how can I show them that they're my priority? You know, I want to work to live. I don't want to live to work. And I have lived to work in the past. And that's, it's not good for anybody. So at least not at home, the guys at work loved it, you know, Um, but it's definitely not good for the home life when I haven't seen my wife and kids in two or three weeks because I get home and sleep and then I get up and leave.
0: Yeah. It's crazy because I saw this meme the other day and it said no one's going to remember how late you worked except for your children.
1: Yeah. That one hit me. Yeah. That one hit me hard. I saw that too. And it's and it's, it's just a good reminder.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's a lot of a lot of truth in it. And we can laugh at it. Yeah, okay, it's kind of funny it's a meme, but there's a lot of truth in that. The ones that are going to remember are, are the kids and they're going to remember the birthdays missed and they're going to remember the, you know, for my daughter, it was the dance recital that I got called out in the middle of, um, you know, missing ball games and whatnot with the, with the boys. Um, and every chance I've gotten, I've, I've taken the time to commit to doing something with and for them to kind of offset those, but those don't, those don't offset. So as the boys have gotten older, we've had conversations about, you know, look, this is my responsibility, but this is also, here's my desire for you guys. You know, I want you to know that I love you and I fight every day between, you know, going to work and earning a living to provide for you and being here to be dad too. Like that's, it's an ongoing battle and it's an ongoing struggle. And you know, I hope you guys know that I do the best I can and, and I'm here. And if you feel like I'm dropping the ball, like let's talk, especially now that they're older, you know, um, and they have, they have some insight, they have a little bit of logic and they have a moral compass and, you know, they, they do know right from wrong. And they're, they're able to to say things in a way that's a lot, I don't know, maybe it's more meaningful.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: now that's uh that's important man to have those conversations like that especially when they get older because they're gonna ask you know where was daddy right um my daughter's 17 years old and she remembers me being gone consistently you know because i was construction so i was always gone all over the place and uh now that she's older and she's able to comprehend she understands you know she understands that I was sacrificing, you know. I was out there it, trying to provide for our home.
1: It, uh, absolutely, what it is, uh, you know. And it it doesn't change the way she felt then, mm-hmm. but it it does bring some color to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I I I thought about it. I had some health problems in the last year, and I ended up off the end of the year. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was at one of the one of the holiday get-togethers with family, and we're sitting down thinking about it. And it was like, you know what? This is the first time in 19 years that I have been home on Thanksgiving, on Christmas and on new year's. Wow. You know, I've, I've had one or the other or a couple, mm-hmm. you know, several times, but there were, there were a few years there where I wasn't home for any of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and that like, that struck me. It was like, wow, it's taken me 19 years and physically being told by a doctor that i can't be at work um uh, but i get to be home for thanksgiving and christmas and new years um and that is like you said that's the sacrifice we make right um mm-hmm. and part of that is i, I feel duty bound or obligated to turn the lights on that's what i signed up for yeah you know when i this is not a 40 hour a week job anybody who thinks you can do power line work 40 hours a week is not they're not in it for the long haul um that's not that's not a real expectation um i signed up to turn the lights on i committed to that uh the communities i work in rely on me to do that the power company pays me pretty well to do it too uh so that's kind of a bonus but at the same time like we've been talking so much is we've got to find that balance yeah um you know my my kids were were awesome about it when I was younger. They refused to open their presents on Christmas till Daddy got home,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Uh, and I went in Christmas Eve sometime in the middle of the day, and I got home Christmas Day about two in the afternoon. And they told me to go sleep, mm-hmm. and then they woke me up in the evening, and we opened up presents together. And you know, I've got three, four, five, six year old kids who wanted to wait all day so that Dad could get some sleep before they opened their presents. Wow. That's a huge blessing. Yeah. Well, well, think about it. I I feel like I fell short there. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And think about it, Matt, because for kids to have that discipline, which they're seeing you have discipline, right? Because they watch us, right? They learn from us and the way we act and respond. For them to have that discipline to understand that they wanted their father there, that they're going to hold back and not open those gifts because you meant that much to them. You watching them open those gifts, man, that's a huge blessing, bro. That's how important you are to them.
1: That's huge. Um, you know, and like I said, man, that's one of my shortcomings that, that I feel terrible as a dad, that that's what happened. But Mm -hmm. like you said, it's a huge blessing to see that that's what my kids chose to do. Um, and it was their choice to choose it, not, you know, it wasn't, oh, wait for me, I'm gonna go sleep. It was no, you should go sleep and we'll open them when you wake up. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now you talked about work balance. Um, I've I get that question asked me all the time by industry leaders, right? Dave, how do you balance work in life? Ryan and I asked the same question. Um, I've come to the conclusion, Matt, that there is no balance. Um, what i mean by that is there's a saying that we have coined it's be where your feet are right and what i mean by that is when you are home be 100% at home you know if you can't turn off your phone stay off devices make that quality time not it's not about quantity it's about quality you know cuz we don't get a lot of time Right. We're, we're always working. We spend more time in, in the industry, in the field than we do with our own families. But when we are home, be home. And the same thing that. goes Maybe with work. Here. Yeah. And the same thing goes with work. If you're at work, don't bring your home life to work, bro. You're going to get somebody smoked, you know? Yeah.
1: And and there's a there's a time and a place for for both. Right. Yeah. Um, especially during your apprenticeship. I had to set aside time mm-hmm. to study you know, to get in the books uh to do those things. I had to bring work home, uh, mm. making phone calls. Um, and as a troubleman, honestly, I, I love the group we have. Um I've got guys, if I'm out in the middle of the night, I and I don't I don't feel right, I'll make a phone call. And guess what? They answer. Mm. And we talk about it. And that's awesome. And I absolutely I do the same thing. If somebody calls me, it doesn't matter. I don't care if I'm at home. I don't care if I'm on vacation. I'll give you 20 minutes because I want you to be able to get home. But like you said, be where your feet are. If I'm at work, it's time for work. You know, my wife's real good about she'll text me instead of calling.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that way, like, as I have time, I can address something that's going on, you know. And when I get home, I try really hard to turn work off. Yeah. Um, You know, I obviously I live half of my life on call up here, but if that phone's not ringing it's just sitting in my pocket i'm trying to be present at home i i love that be where your feet are you know be be all in wherever you're at that's that's a really good way to put it i was going to say be cut into whatever you're doing you know mm-hmm. whether you're at work and you're doing work or whether you're at home and doing home or, or coaching the team or yeah you know whatever whatever it is you know you should be you should be all in absolutely right we we owe that if we've made the commitment we owe that to whoever we've made that commitment to Mm -hmm. that's part of being a man of your word um it's part of being a man in general is is literally just uh let your yes be yes or your no be no and if i'm here you're gonna get me
0: Mm -hmm. i like that you said what we owe because it's true we owe our children you know we're commissioned by god to train up our children to, yep. That is that is our first ministry, whether you believe in Christ or not. If you are a father and a husband, your first ministry is your family.
1: First thing off the yep. top, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, if you don't, I don't know. That goes back to that craftsmanship thing I was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's that same thing. It's giving what's owed, and and to me, I feel like without my family, the work wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. I could be flipping burgers at McDonald's if I didn't have a family to support, Mm -hmm. It wouldn't support me that well, but um, I don't know that I'd care that much. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's no motivation to, to do better, be better, grow and learn without seeing the effect that my effort has on the people that I love. Yeah. You know, and, and they're the reason that I crawl out of bed. At three o'clock in the morning when the phone rings
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i think a lot of times we forget that you know I, I tell the apprentices every chance i get don't forget why we do this job you know there's people who need you to come home safe right that are counting on you right and i know yep. for me that that influenced my approach to to work when i became a father i i stopped being a cowboy i stopped you know, taking these risks, you know what I mean? All this different stuff. How has it shaped your perspective and decision-making?
1: Well, uh, I started probably pretty similar, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I had a six-month-old when I started climbing power poles. I was a groundman before i had yeah. had a kid. Um, some mm-hmm. of that cowboy was learned um, and accepted, mm-hmm. but really – what it came down to was was having these old guys that were that were big on the trade. They were very proud of being able to do the work and do it safely um, And it was like, you know, part of it was that they pay you to follow the rules mm-hmm. so you should. And part of it was uh, was a pride aspect that regardless of and and I'll just throw this out there, um, regardless of what you're doing, you ought to know the job well enough to do it naked.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I shouldn't need a single stitch of PPE on PPE is that last line of defense for when I screw up. So am I taking all those other precautions? Am I wearing my rubber gloves when I need to wear my rubber gloves? Am I putting cover up? Am I fastening my harness legs every time I get in the bucket? Am I, you know, all the way down to the stupid stuff. Do I put a chalk out? You know, um chalks and combs I don't care so much about, but I use them. Um but being a troubleman was probably part of that change too, because now I don't have four other guys watching after me. It's yeah. just me watching after me. Um that was that was part of it. Um, but part of it was that I look, if I'm proud of my knowledge and my skills, I should be looking at everything and I should be like you said, cut in, where are my feet? You know, I'm booming up in the primary. Okay. Do I have everything I need? What am I doing? What am I anticipating? What's the worst thing that could happen? All right. How am I going to avoid that? Right. That's all part of the tailboard. Um, but it's also part of what we ought to be asking ourselves repeatedly throughout the day. Um, and you've, well, you've seen the same perspective being a troubleman. Um, my tailboard is, okay, let's figure out what's wrong. But really it's what's the hazard and how do I overcome it,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, over and over and over and over again, the entire time I'm out there, you know, show up and the first hazard is going to be traffic. All right. Am I clear traffic? We're good there. What's the next one? Oh, look at all these big dogs. Maybe I'll call the customer, Mm -hmm. you know, I I mean, on and on and on. Okay. What, what do I need? If I'm opening up this panel, what am I expecting to find? You know, and you walk up there and there's flash marks in the panel. Well, maybe I ought to go back out and de-energize it before I even pull it apart.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to find when I pull it apart. Um, just repeatedly asking, is, is this where I want to be? Is this what I'm, is this what I want to do?
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and then using using tools to help tell the story. Mm. Right? I mean, my my most common tool as a drumman is a voltmeter. Yeah. I use I, I use amp meters, I use multimeters, but voltmeter tells you tells you part of the story. You just gotta be willing to listen.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, and then using your eyes. They're your first line of defense. Mm-hmm. You know, you're booming up or climbing up, and that cross arm looks like the, you know, the through bolt's halfway broke and it's leaned over. Maybe I'm gonna take some more precautions before I get there. Mm-hmm. Right? Put that circuit on one shot or or de-energize it or whatever um you know i'm not gonna and maybe it's cheesy but i'm not gonna put myself at risk for for this company that's got their logo on the side of the truck no because as much as i know you know that that they profess to care and as much as i know they actually do care um it's not going to impact them they're going to go home and see their families yeah but my wife and my kids will be forever changed if I don't do it right.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and that's, we've been talking about it this whole time. My wife and my kids, your wife and your kids, that's the priority. So if they're the priority, how do I act to take care of them? Right. Am I, am I doing them any favors when I cut that corner? Mm. You know, I'm not, um, And as much as I take pride in in being able to do this job without a stitch of PPE on, I still wear my PPE. Mm -hmm. Because if the whole world goes sideways, that PPE is the last thing that's going to protect me. You Mm -hmm. know, I ought to be able to know how to work energized secondaries without wearing rubber gloves ever. But those Mm -hmm. rubber gloves are going to protect me if I do something wrong. Mm -hmm. Or, I, I mean, you know, there's always that It was the the stupid guy talking about the car running into the pole five spans down shaking everything. Yeah. Dude, that's a fluke, but it could happen. Yeah. I'm not really worried about that. But that doesn't mean I'm not gonna take care to do things the right way. Mm -hmm. Not because it's the rule and not because you know, some high up at the company told me I have to, Mm -hmm. but because if if I don't do it safely, maybe I'm affected. we're men. So the effect to me is, is negligible. If that's what happens. All right, we'll deal with it. Right. Yeah. But what did I do to my wife and Mm. what did I do to my kids? You know, when that, whatever that serious thing is that happens and maybe I come home and I'm changed. Maybe it takes weeks or months for me to get home Mm -hmm. and I'm changed. What happened to them? You know, their whole life is now upside down. 'Cause I hope to be the rock of the family, you know, and the stability of the family. And because I wasn't doing things right, because I wasn't because I was in a hurry, because I decided I didn't need to today. Yeah. I did it the unsafe way. Now, um, you know, what is that repercussion? I, I came home minus a finger, or I came home blind in an eye, or I came home, God forbid, burned or never came home. Mm -hmm. um it affects it affects my wife and kids Mm -hmm. it affects me too but it affects them they're never the same again no and is that is that really doing my job as you know as the head of that house
0: no as a protector as any of those things i mean because seriously how could you protect your family you know part of our protection is provision right absolutely it affects our finances. If you can't go to work, it affects your family. You know, there's repercussions in life, you know? Um, that's one of the things that I try to train my children to understand that, Hey, yeah, I forgive you. Yeah. You did this. You made a mistake. Right. But there's repercussions and you got to deal with them and, and pay for them, you know, that way when they get older, right they understand that there's repercussions even in life, you know? Um, same the thing old with our
1: was The old school way to say it was natural consequences, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you did a thing, and, and regardless of whether or not I forgive you and you feel bad and have apologized, the natural outcome of that thing is, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but when they're little and you tell them, don't grab that, that's hot, and they grab it, I'm sorry, and you're sorry but that doesn't make the blisters go away.
0: No. (laughs) You know, one of of the sayings, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. One of the sayings that came to, came to mind is when I was in the military, we used to always say, if you're going to be dumb, you better be hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I heard it. I heard it different. I have an older brother who used to be an iron worker. And he said, if you're going to be stupid, you better be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same exact thought behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, but that's, if we don't, if we don't teach our kids that, that there's consequences to every action, every choice, mm-hmm. some of those are good consequences. You know, uh, I've tried to teach my kids that the definition of consequence is a result, mm-hmm. not a, it's not a punishment. The consequences of disobeying me aren't necessarily good, but that isn't a punishment necessarily. That is a result of your choice,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and you choose to, you choose to study and work hard. The consequences of that is that you're going to get a better grade. You know, you're you're going to be better respected because of the level of effort you put in. Those things, those are positive consequences. Mm-hmm. But there's also negative. It goes both ways. Yes. And that the consequences of, of bad choices frequently are things that you didn't want to have happen. Mm. And it's the same for us. We just yeah. don't really think about it that much.
0: I like that there's there's one thing that really caught my my attention um that you said that. I never heard it that way and it really clicked for me is yeah we understand we could do this job with minimal PPE, right? We we learned good habits, elbows in, no chicken wings, working correctly, don't get in between, don't get in series, all these little things that they taught us back in the day before they had all this uh safety that was pushed and pushed and pushed, and pushed, right? With that being said, I like that you said that I'm not putting it on for me, I'm putting it on for them. Yeah. And that I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that from you, brother, because Please that do. was good. That was good.
1: If, if you know we get we get lazy, we get complacent, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that battles my complacency is is looking at the and now now five. Um I've got five people in this house besides me that rely on me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's a big responsibility. And even if I don't feel like, you know, dressing up appropriately, even if I don't feel like putting on my rubber gloves, even if I don't feel like, you know, whatever, um, I've got all these other people who are counting on me to do it right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe it's easier to, to see that as, as part of my responsibility to them. Because if it were just up to me, I'm um, I'm fairly lazy by nature. I wanna I wanna get out. I wanna do work. I wanna do really good, mm-hmm. um, but I also want to find the easiest way to do it, um, and that's a pretty good recipe for a guy who cuts corners. Yeah. So um, when I see the when I see that more as a as a duty to my wife and kids, to the people around me, to anybody that's going to be affected by it. Um, man, it's easier to be selfless when you got somebody to be selfless for. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Matt, I know being a troubleman, you see all this different crazy stuff. You know, from car pull hits to to house fires to you name it. Right. Um, I remember one incident that really had a profound impact on me, and it was I was driving in the truck, and I saw this car in front of us go head on. Boom. Right. We're the first responders. We got out, we started cutting, the, cutting the safety belts and everything like that. And it, it was such a crazy incident. I don't, I don't know what happened to the lady. I don't know if she had a stroke or whatever while she was driving, but she went head on going like 50 miles an hour, dude, that, that SUV that she had flipped in the air, like 30 feet. And when it came down, it scorpioned her she came out of her passenger window in the the hood of the vehicle smashed her in half right she was she's still alive when i got there but i mean it was just horrific um come to find out later on that her phone rang and she took her eyes off the uh, you know the road for a split second to to answer it and that left a profound um impact on me because it was like, man, I saw this, I saw this firsthand and how important is it to stay off your phones? You know, do you have any other, uh, types of experiences that had an impact like that on you? Uh,
1: a lot. Yeah. So when, when I first started as a troubleman, I mean, iPhones yeah. device has been around forever, but, um, where I was at, we got a lot of car versus poles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because they transitioned from all being about the time the bar is closed <laughs> to uh heavy commute times. Mm-hmm. Morning, afternoon, evening. Uh Saw a lot fewer drunk drivers, which I guess is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, saw a lot more distracted driving, right? People on their phones. Um <clears throat> I won't get into a, a whole lot of horrible detail, but uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: went to one. It was a a car multi-car collision ended up being a car versus pole. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys, street racing.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, And he was was flying. And he decided to run a red light. Split second decision, decided to run a red light. Mm -hmm. Um, Hit Another vehicle injured. There was five passengers in that vehicle injured all of them, some critically, but they all lived. Uh, but when it spun him out of control, he went through a traffic signal and then a pole. Uh, it didn't kill him. Wow. It killed his passenger. Mm. You know, on a split second decision. Yeah. Um, Had another one, another exhibition of speed that was a, that was the same kind of thing. Guys out. Probably at the time it was a brand new, it was a brand new Camaro ZL one, uh, you know, got the big motor, the 200 and some mile an hour Camaro, and he's driving down a city street and he's flying, um, and he lost control going around a little bit of a corner and he hit a traffic signal and then a couple of street light, uh, one street light pole, probably, um, both he and his daughter who were in the car with him died. Mm and gruesome scenes gruesome yeah. scenes um and and less the the takeaway was that both of these people made a decision and that decision didn't just affect them
2: mm-hmm.
1: right i mean the the first story i told he injured five people plus himself but he killed his friend in the car yeah and the second one the guy killed himself and his daughter Mm-hmm. uh and he was out looking for a little bit of fun you know uh so really the the lesson strikes home over and over and over again that the decisions we make have consequences mm. you know um whether that's driving 80 miles an hour down a city excuse me down a city street whether that's doesn't matter picking up your phone texting and driving it's whatever it is yeah. um you know guard, I, how to say this, guard yourself against those decisions by thinking about them, putting in some forethought, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, as it applies to the trade, make the decision beforehand that you're going to do it the right way. And it's easier to stick to instead of going, oh, we'll see, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and as it, as it pertains at home, be, have some forethought. You know, scenario. Some of these things out. Play them out in your head and see what decision that you think is the best. That way, when when it comes up, you've already you've already thought about it. That it's not it's not the first time, right? It's not. It's no longer an impulse. Because mm-hmm. um, everything we decide has a consequence. Absolutely. And those two stories, man. Um, those hit me hard. I, I came home and, and hugged my wife and kids. And uh, actually I actually had to wait a day because both of those were middle of the night, but yeah, you know, makes you think Um, it just life altering. Right. Yeah. I mean, little, don't get me wrong. This It's a big deal for everybody, but <laughs> little things, right. Showing up after the fact and the ambulance is already carted, everything off and the police department's there and you know we're still in the middle of it but man walking up and you can see the trail like that's it just i don't know it made my heart heavy it sunk in like you said
0: yeah for sure i um i remember just like you like after seeing that one I came back home and I stressed the importance of not being distracted on the phone. And I shared it with my daughter because she, you know, at the time was uh, starting to drive. And I was like, man, you have no idea what could happen. It's, it's like being distracted by the phone is equivalent, if not worse, they say than being a drunk driver.
1: It's, it's worse because your attention actually gets pulled away for longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was I think the last study that like, somebody pulled up anecdotal and if you're drunk, you at least have a reaction time when you're looking at your phone. Uh, And I'm not condoning drunk driving to anybody. I think it's one of the Mm -hmm. stupidest things we can do. Um, But if you're looking at your phone, the, you know, the five second glance at your phone turns into 30 or 40 or 50 seconds real quick. And you can cover a lot of ground in 50 seconds and everything around you can change.
0: Now that you're, you know, you've been in the trade for a long time. You're looked up as a mentor. You've, you've worn different hats throughout your career, right? Now, through that, you know, through the time you've been married, you've been married 20 plus years, right? Um, what, it, what can you share with our audience right now are some of the key factors that have contributed to your success of maintaining a strong and loving relationship, which is the most important thing, I think
1: with your wife, Jamie. First one's forgiveness. Um, Mm. Huge. Right. Um, I kind of alluded to it a bunch, but I fall short all the time and she's willing to forgive me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm willing to forgive her when, when that goes the other way. Um, Do I love her more than I love myself? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, got that definition a long time ago, taught my kids that love is preferring somebody else over yourself. So do I prefer my wife over myself? Am I willing to forgive her when I feel like I've been slighted or wronged? Uh, I know she's willing to do that with me because she's done it so many times. Um, another one, big one is communication. We talk about plans. We talk about expectations. We talk about hopes, dreams. Um, I I walk a fine line between telling her about, you know, my day and what could be scary or I don't want to worry her, Mm -hmm. you know, what we do isn't exactly safe by its nature. It can be, but we've been talking about those fluke things that could happen as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to share with her my day so that she understands how I feel about it. Not necessarily so that she knows, you know, this car hit pole was teetering and I went up and tied off a cross arm and pulled everything back so that it, you know, it wouldn't fall into traffic. Uh, that's never happened by the way, but I am not going to get into gory details. I'm telling her that I was pretty nervous about it and it mm-hmm. went well, or it didn't go well, or, you know, I learned a couple of things today about what I'm going to do next time or what I'm not going to do. Um, and another Honestly, another, another key is that we, we're we both believers. We're both Christians. Uh, our no. whole family is. Um, we talk about what we're studying. We talk about what we're learning. Um, things that apply to our marriage, things that apply to our kids. It unifies and solidifies us as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and without without faith in Christ and the ability to forgive because I've been forgiven, um I'll tell you this she wouldn't be with me you know um and I probably wouldn't be with her either um you know but understanding that I've been forgiven for far worse than has ever been done to me is a perspective right it's mm-hmm. a it's a perspective change and that that's a that's a huge one having mm-hmm. I guess for those who who aren't christians or who are nominally but being unified in your in your belief in your core right what every family has a core um and being unified around that core having that be the focal point and having everybody working towards that goal um and for us that's that's being christian and that applies outward from there but but that is the core um uh, you know, don't talk about that a whole lot at work. The guys that yeah. are going to listen, surprise, um, but I do try to walk it out. Yeah, you know, I try to, I try to be honest. I try to be in, you know, standing up with integrity and and living those values so that I can come home and and say that that I've I've done good today, that I've worked yeah. as though I was working for the Lord.
0: And it, it it's it's amazing because people read your life. They're more apt to read your life and what you say and what you do. And if they're in alignment with what you're saying, what you're doing, then they are to read the Bible. Right. Know? So, man, thank right. you, Matt. I appreciate you, brother. I thank you for being a stand up dude. I thank you for being a show up dad and for coming on our show and just bringing hope and insight to our listeners. And um, I want to give you this opportunity to share with our audience. If people want to get a hold of you, a hold of you, and ask you questions or anything like that, if you want to do that, that's
1: you know, absolutely. Uh, I'm kind of old school. I've just got Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, it's Matt Lee, M um, A T T L E E, and on Instagram, I'm private, but it's Power Lineman. It's all one word at P W E R lineman l-i-m-e-m-a-n shoot me a message i'll get the request i'll check it out and uh, be glad to respond
2: Hmm.
0: once again thank you this is david from the show up dad with my guest matt lee i also want to encourage you guys to uh check out our shop merchandise we are a nonprofit organization you guys can support us there also we have a facebook group for men called the show up dad where we gather together. We have over 500 uh, um, active participants that uh, share insights and what we do to be successful as show-up dads. So check us out. We appreciate you guys. You guys have a wonderful night. Thank you.